What is happening, everyone? Welcome again to the latest Matt Russell Project. It's The Window, Canada's sports betting podcast. On today's episode of The Window, it's a special Friday night. It's almost freaking March edition of the podcast. We're going to run through the opening lines for Saturday's action and compare them to what I've got and break down what I'll be betting uh, for Saturday's card. Then I'll give you my numbers for Sunday's game so you can do your own comparison for Sunday. Uh, No time to waste here. It's time to head to the window. Let's go. Welcome again to The Window. I'm your host, Matt Russell. Before we begin with Saturday's card, a quick don't look back in anger as we watch Friday's action here. I guess it's not looking back in anger. It's just sort of being angry, I guess. Uh, Not really all that angry here as we've started the night two and two. Uh, Now, I've got to tell you, I've visited Cincinnati in the outskirts of Cincinnati and northern Kentucky, and there's a ton of geographical space there that being said it's important to know that at least the northern kentucky norse are doing what they can to build homes with all of the bricks that they have just been absolutely laying tonight and last time that they played uh, against wright state it really incredible stuff here uh let's go through the box score if i told you a team shot 18 percent from three-point land and 58% free throw shooting, would they get blown out by 32? Yeah, they probably would get blown out by 32. And here's the thing. That's what happened last game with Northern Kentucky at Wright State. Tonight's game, even worse for North Ken- Northern Kentucky shooting. Uh, I think it was roughly 15% from three. Is that good? Not so much. Uh, and of course, they only lose by two. So, you know, when you're thinking a team can cover by three and a half points, you do kind of need them to shoot a little bit better than what ended up being five of 27, and only a late three-pointer got them actually above that number from a shooting standpoint, Uh, way even below on their regular field goal percentage at 33.9% on the night. I watched every second of this game, and I have to tell you, it's not like Wright State has an incredible defense. This is a team that's like 160th, which is right smack in the middle uh, in adjusted, adjusted defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. So, you know, we're not looking at a defensive juggernaut here with Wright State. Northern Kentucky just cannot flat shoot against, certainly against them, you know. Overall, uh, not a great shooting team by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, losing only by two, I don't want to say it validates necessarily the handicap. We certainly thought they could shoot in the 20% range for uh, for three-pointers, and if they had made anything, and I don't even want to say down the stretch, I just mean anything at any point during the game, whether it was layups, three-pointers, anything, they would have won this game. So now Wright State gets the one seed for the Horizon uh, Tournament, and Northern Kentucky gets bumped down to the two seed. And, I mean, if these two teams play again, you know, the handicap you'd think would be to go back with Northern Kentucky and, again, just hope that they shoot 25% from the three-point line. You know, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow, but I think you'll at least be getting points in that circumstance. So we will look forward to that next week. Uh, Elsewhere, Georgia Southern is apparently really, really good now. So tough news for the Sun Belt and something that we will have to keep an eye on again for the tournament uh, in a week and a half's time. Uh, Elsewhere, we actually had two winners, by the way. Ohio gets there uh, with, you know, not necessarily comfortable, but, uh, you know, gets there with free throws late in the game. Nothing untoward or wacky happens, so they cover that number. And Penn pretty much covers the whole way. Unfortunately for them, they weren't able to pull off the upset, and it looks like they will be on the outside looking in for the Ivy League tournament as they sit outside the top four. Anyway, so we're 2-2 two and two with one game to go. Uh, Washington State plus 9.5 uh, 
uh, at Washington, and the good news is Washington State's point guard is in the lineup. As you know, if you've listened to the podcast from earlier on Friday, you know that that was our first sort of stage of that bet, knowing that we would be getting a couple of points in value with Isaac Bonton uh, being questionable for the game. He is in the starting lineup, and as we tape the pod right now, it is 11 to 10 Washington State, uh, nine, eight minutes into the game. So things are at least looking up early on. We'll see how well that goes. Anyway, on to Saturday's slate, and it is a doozy. Do we have a ton of stuff? Here we go. Uh, on the last day of February, I'm calling it March because February 29th isn't even a real day. Here we go. Let's open it up. We got noon games. T- Texas A&M is a team that we have been looking to bet here, getting a lot of points. They are getting a lot of points. Uh, I made the number LSU minus 8. The number is 11. We will jump on Texas A&M plus 11 uh, with gusto. A little bit less gusto on this one. Pittsburgh has opened 9-point underdogs at NC State. NC State I had as just a 6.5-point favorite. Don't let the game against Duke a week ago fool you. This team is still a little sketchy and not a team that we are expecting to win by double digits against anybody with a pulse. Now, we were on Pittsburgh earlier in the week, and they got absolutely annihilated by Syracuse. That one is on us. Uh, As you know, with Syracuse, you need two things to be able to score against Syracuse. You need somebody to be able to shoot from outside, and you need somebody to be able to get into the paint and at the top of the key in order to crack that zone. Uh, Pittsburgh essentially has neither of those, and we were hoping that they would defend a little bit better against Syracuse. They did not, but I expect a bounce-back performance from Pitt. Maybe not necessarily getting the win here, but certainly nine points seems like too much for a very mediocre NC State team. Penn State hits the road to face Iowa. I made the number four and a half. It's Iowa minus four. For me, that is certainly a play on Iowa, a team that I trust at home implicitly. Penn State, something functionally wrong there. Uh, Of course, two straight losses, and then the game against Rutgers where they came out hot, they took a 20-point lead, and then they absolutely washed it away, almost blowing the game entirely. Not a team that I'm that psyched about playing on the road, and Iowa is in need of another win as they've sort of dipped uh, more recently. Then we get into some of the lower-level stuff here. Detroit at IUPUI. I have no play on this. I made the number 2.5 for IUPUI. It's 2. Big game in the Big East. Uh, I made Nova just 3.5-point favorites against a Providence team that's really coming on of late. Uh, the number seven for Nova, so I'm going to be on Providence here plus seven uh, out in the Big 12. Texas at Texas Tech. Uh, I made the number eight and a half for Texas Tech. It's up to ten. That's too bad. I was really hoping to get Texas Tech at about eight and a half here. Um, Texas obviously sort of come on strong uh, lately, but this isn't a team that necessarily handles a ton of success well, and of course playing at home versus playing on the road here against a really good team. That does need a bounce-back performance after losing to Oklahoma. Uh, Texas Tech is certainly the lean here, but there's no value uh, relative to the number. If it dipped down to around 8.5 or 8, I would be on Texas Tech. We'll see where that goes in the morning. Central Michigan at Eastern Michigan. I have Eastern Michigan minus two and a half. The number's five, but that's not necessarily enough to get me to jump on Central Michigan away from home. Uh, Vanderbilt at Mississippi. I have Mississippi as seven and a half point favorites. Going a little low with Mississippi as they have sort of taken a bit of a dip here over the last couple weeks after they were a team that we were using to great success uh, about two to three weeks, four weeks ago in sort of that early February portion of their schedule. The number here is 10.5, so I'll take Vanderbilt plus that 10.5 and hope Jerry Stackhouse's guys can stick with it. Uh, Fordham and St. Joe's. Uh, I made St. Joe's actually a one point, one and a half point favorite. They are 4.5 point favorites. Again, I'm, I'm not going to lay points with St. Joe's, but I'm certainly not looking to back Fordham here. Uh, down the stretch. And then Kansas at Kansas State. I thought 
Kansas would be up just under double digits here. They're actually just over double digits as 12-point favorites here. Um, you know, obviously a pretty heated rivalry as shown by the last time these two teams played. Of course, that was also a Kansas blowout, so would it be s shocking if Kansas blew out another team? Not really. That being said, it is going to be a wild scene, I'd like to think, in, at Kansas State. In Manhattan, Kansas, obviously their first meeting since that end-of-game dust-up that got a bunch of guys suspended. Key here really is, is Kansas State even remotely good enough to stay with Kansas, regardless of sort of what the atmosphere may be like? Uh, I certainly think there's value at Kansas State plus 12, but you really have to th hope that you know they come up with their best effort of the season at a time of year where you know a lot of teams are kind of packing it in. Of course, given the emotional element to this, uh, I would actually have to lean Kansas State and expect that this to be sort of their Super Bowl uh, this season. That is that time of year where these teams really, you know, if you don't have a ton to play for, you have one or two games that you circle on your calendar. And, uh, and this is certainly it for Kansas State. So expect them to throw the kitchen sink at Kansas. And then in the Metro, we've got Iona and Ni Niagara. Uh, I made Niagara one and a half point favorites after a decent showing uh, in a cover uh, two nights ago. Uh, Iona is actually a three point favorite here. So there will be some value, I think, on Niagara plus the three. It is always a little bit dicey as this is Iona's time of year. So, you know, I haven't necessarily made that bet yet, but we will sort of see where that line goes in the morning. Uh, as for some of the back cuts in the early slate here, I've got Boston University minus five. It's minus eight, so I'm leaning to Bucknell at plus eight. These numbers are yet to be officially available, of course. These are just projections and sort of openers uh, in, on some faraway websites and sports books uh, that are listed on uh, the Action Network app. Uh, so Army uh, at Colgate, uh, I have eight and a half point favorite Colgate here. They're actually ten and a half point favorite here. Colgate has wrapped up the Patriot League, so there could be an element of just kind of going through the motions here. Uh, Army, of course, you're going to get the best effort you can out of the cadets. Uh, Army plus ten and a half is certainly a lean um, pending, you know, the lines coming out tomorrow. Uh, high point at Winthrop. I made Winthrop around a dozen point favorite here, 12, 12 and a half. Uh, they are 17.5-point favorites here. Uh, we'll see kind of, again, where that number actually lands, uh, but I would be leaning to high point there. Uh, St. Francis of Pennsylvania, our favorite St. Francis team, I made a slight favorite at Robert Morris. Robert Morris is, actually, it's a pick'em right now, so at pick'em, it's certainly a play for me to get back on board with SFPA. Uh, San Francisco, San Francisco, St. Francis of New York, the other St. Francis, uh, St. Francis of Brooklyn is at Central Connecticut State. I made St. Francis of Brooklyn here a nine and a half point favorite. They're actually only a five point favorite, so this might be a spot to actually play St. Francis of Brooklyn against a really bad Central Connecticut State team, uh, one that we did win with earlier this week. That being said, two you know, good performances in a row might be a little much for Central Connecticut. Binghamton is at New Hampshire. I made New Hampshire eight-point favorites. They are nine-point favorites, so not much to say on that one. Uh, North Alabama, I have them as favored on the road at Florida Gulf Coast. I'm certainly not a fan of this Florida Gulf Coast team, uh, but they are two-point favorites at home, so I will be looking at Northern Alabama plus any points I can get. UMBC is at Maine. Maine right now in the bottom uh, of the league and you know, looking at a possible missing of the conference tournament as only the top eight teams make that uh, tournament in the nine-team league. I made UMBC six-point favorites here. UMBC is only three-and-a-half-point favorites, uh, maybe just on the concept of desperation that Maine would be trying to get back into you know, an, the eighth seed for that conference tournament. Um, that being said, if at this point in the season you really need to make uh, you know, a, a push, then you've probably, you're probably not good enough to <laughs> expect to be able to make that push, so to speak. Jacksonville at Stetson. I made Jacksonville favorites in this one. Stetson is actually a one-point favorite. Uh, don't have a ton of faith necessarily in Jacksonville, so this is probably a stay away. NJIT, 
uh, has had some disappointing performances for us in the last little bit. I made them 11-point favorites, though, at Kennesaw, in that Kennesaw is probably one of, if not, they're not Chicago State bad, but they might be the second-worst team in the entire country. Uh, NGIT, though, is 7.5-point favorites, so that might be an opportunity, should that be the official line that we have access to, uh, to take NGIT and hope for yet another blowout against Kennesaw State. Then we get into the sort of 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock range. Illinois State and Evansville is an interesting game. Evansville is getting... Uh, they're getting a ton of effort out of their team right now. They had obviously that dip in the middle of the season when Walter McCarty got fired. Uh, they are at least showing up here down the stretch. I'm not super sure Illinois State is. So with the home game being at Evansville, uh, I'm not surprised necessarily. Even though my numbers make Illinois State a favorite, I'm not surprised to see Evansville be the favorite here. Uh, so I would go ahead and take Evansville at minus two. Uh, Valparaiso is on the road in Indiana State. I made Indiana State a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They are four-and-a-half-point favorites, and that might be enough for me to take Valparaiso plus the four-and-a-half. Elsewhere in the Missouri Valley, Loyola of Chicago, uh, I made a one-point underdog to Bradley. Bradley is a three-point favorite. That's enough for me to take Loyola of Chicago on the road here against a team that I don't necessarily believe in against the upper echelon of the Missouri Valley Conference. Over in the MAC. Ball State is at Toledo. I made Toledo a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Sorry, a two-point favorite, and they are a two-point favorite. So no play for me there. Uh, Baylor is at TCU. This is a little bit interesting. I made, I've made i got Baylor as six-and-a-half-point favorites. The number is eight. You know, at this point in the season, we've gone through the entire year where Baylor was a point or two higher on the in the actual point spread than they have been on my, you know, uh, according to my projections, that's obviously, you know, a one or two point inflation just based on the fact of their high ranking, right? People want to be betting on Baylor. They want to be betting on Kansas, et cetera, et cetera. That being said, even though there's a point and a half of sort of quote unquote value on TCU, you guys know how I feel about this TCU team. Their win in overtime last week against West Virginia looks not nearly as impressive as we've seen what sort of West Virginia is incapable of over the last couple of weeks. So I'm still going to take Baylor at minus eight, if that's the case. Uh, even though I'm giving a point and a half of value at this point, I think Baylor is turning it up a notch. We were impressed with their blowout effort against Kansas State in a spot where they could have kind of let down after the big game against Kansas. Uh, I think they the next three games they ride as hard as they can to the end of this season with at least the outside chance of getting the conference championship and then we'll reevaluate come tournament time uh, Akron at Buffalo just a really good spot here I think for Akron after going to Bowling Green and getting absolutely blowtorched they couldn't make a shot to save their life and lost the lead in the MAC. I think they make an effort to regain it here. I made them three-point favorites at Buffalo. The game is at a pick'em right now. I would take Akron up two and through three points here. I think there's some statistical regression with their outside shooting, given that they missed so many shots against Bowling Green. And I don't know that Buffalo's home court advantage necessarily um, will prevent Akron from having, uh, you know, sort of their usual level of success here. So a big bounce back spot for Akron. Uh, Florida is on the road at Tennessee. A little bit of a tricky spot here for Florida. I made them three and a half point favorites. They're actually only one point favorites. I think this is, we are still at a point with Florida where we can sort of consistently buy low. Uh, you know, we took LSU earlier this week on the road, just thought it was kind of a trickier matchup for Florida. In this case, I think the talent with Florida, as they begin to gel and they start using different guys and figuring out who can play on that team, and it's just like it's this happens all the time in college basketball where a player that hasn't been used throughout much of the season all of a sudden gets some run. And that's what happened the other night with Florida, as all of a sudden they had an extra big man on the on the floor ready for uh, LSU and I don't know if that was just strictly a matchup situation where they wanted a little more size against an LSU team that is a really good offensive rebound team and we talked about how that might be an issue 
for Florida, given that a lot of, you know, most games they're sort of playing a smaller lineup with Blackshear as the center and then kind of not a ton of size uh, beyond, you know, him in the middle and, you know, using sort of a four guard, you know, four out, one in lineup, you know, there isn't a ton of room for, you know, anybody else really from like a big man standpoint. But then, you know, all of a sudden you're watching this game and you're like, wait a second, who's this guy? Who's this guy out here running around? And then all of a sudden you, you know, take a look at the old box score here. And I'm just going to pull that up right now. And, you know, you're getting Jitabo, <laughs> who's a guy, you know, doesn't get a ton of minutes, rarely plays. And he had 10 good minutes for them, went for three for three, had a block, had a rebound, you know, and played some really good defense. So when you're looking at sort of their second tallest starter being Keontae Johnson, who, you know, let's be honest, is built like a brick bleep house, <laughs> you know, and is a really tough matchup for a lot of quote-unquote power forwards. But, you know, when you're facing a team like LSU, who has a lot of length right from the point guard position on down, you have to find that extra guy to sort of come in and get minutes and bang some people around. And so he's really... So I don't know how much he's necessarily going to be used uh, at Tennessee, but regardless, I think... Uh, you know, this is a spot where, as we go down the stretch here, I think it's just bye, bye, bye on Florida uh, the rest of the way. Uh, next up, Connecticut is at ECU. Uh, I've got Connecticut as just three-point favorites here, so I'm happy to take the six with East uh, East, East, blah, blah. <laughs> East Carolina. Let's try that. Uh, East Carolina plus six, certainly a play. FSU, I tried to go low with this one. It's four and a half on the road to Clemson. Um, I made the number four and a half, and it's three, actually. So we're happy to take three, uh, minus three, Florida State. Uh, St. Bonaventure, another road team that I think we're going to run with here. Uh, Bonaventure playing a lot of good basketball lately. Uh, I made the number five. It's three and a half, so pretty similar to the Florida State game in that with a couple of points of value or one and a half points of value uh, won't scare me away from the road team in this section uh, as for the back cuts in this time slot uh, wagner plus three is interesting to me i made them a small home favorite against bryant i realize that you can't necessarily make wagner a favorite um, but i would have expected this game to be a little bit lower than three points for bryant but again we'll see sort of where this number lands when the extra game board comes out. Navy at Lafayette. Uh, I've got Lafayette as two and a half point favorites here. They're four and a half point favorites, so not quite enough to get me on Navy. St. Peter's at Canisius. Uh, Canisius, I had a one point as a one point favorite. St. Peter's playing a lot better basketball. Obviously, they're sort of atop the Metro uh, and getting respect as two and a half point favorites. Um, not looking to play this game at all. Uh, Liberty at Lipscomb, uh, no play for me here. Uh, Liberty, of course, looking to get dialed in as it's critical that they win the Atlantic Sun tournament coming up uh, that just starts in a couple of days. Uh, so they should be full value here. Um, I mean, I suppose there's an opportunity that they're maybe looking ahead to the tournament, but that's not necessarily enough to get me that excited about Lipscomb. Again, we'll see where the line goes here. Um, Again, to me, it's Lipscomb or nothing here, but I'm certainly uh, not looking to fade Liberty by uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Though, again, maybe this is the spot. Uh, American at uh, Holy Cross. American is uh, seven and a half point favorites. I have it at six and a half, so that's not a really uh, big discrepancy. Not a big discrepancy in the Seton Hall Marquette game. That being said, I do think this is a pretty good spot for Marquette. Uh, sort of afternoon game in Milwaukee uh, has a tendency to get pretty lit pretty quick. Uh, I made the number two and a half for Marquette, so there is a half point of value getting Marquette minus two. Uh, Eastern Illinois at South Southern Illinois of Edwardsville. Uh, I'm going to take Eastern Illinois here. They showed me that they can, you know, th that there was sort of no fluke in their two home upset wins. Uh, then they went on the road, and we thought there may be a letdown. We were pretty fortunate 
that uh, Southeast Missouri was able to sort of storm back and get under the number, but uh, that was kind of one of those deals where if we could just survive this game, we at least, uh, you know, have had the respect earned by Eastern Illinois, and I think that's worth a bet here at minus three and a half. I made the number four, and I just think Edwardsville isn't uh, as good as, uh, as Southeast Missouri is. Uh, Western Illinois at Denver, no play for me here as I hit the number right on the head at Denver minus five and a half. Uh, Lafayette, I made the number uh, Little Rock by six and a half. It's nine and a half, so I'll take a shot with Lafayette here, plus nine and a half as they traditionally get it going in March. Uh, Bowling Green at uh, Miami of Ohio, obviously a massive letdown potential here for Bowling Green as they had a big win to take the lead in the MAC against uh, over Akron uh, earlier this week. So super sleepy spot going on the road against Miami of Ohio, who is a team that occasionally pops up and surprises a team. We're getting three and a half with Miami of Ohio, and I had that number at two and a half. So again, not a ton of value just with the one point, but pretty key getting it over the three and a half. Mississippi State is at Missouri, and this one's interesting. I made the number Mississippi State minus one and a half. It's a pick 'em. Um, we talked earlier about Mississippi State uh, sort of playing these two road games. I believe the next one is Texas A&M, if I'm not mistaken, and sort of hoping that they can get one of those two so that their season doesn't get derailed here, uh, and then getting the home win uh, against Mississippi you know, to finish off this season. I think that would be enough for them to get into the tournament so that we're sort of already implicitly betting on this game, so there's no real reason to touch it. We'll just kind of cheer for Mississippi State from afar, so to speak. Uh, Long Island at Sacred Heart. I have Sacred Heart as seven and a half point favorites. It's a six point line here. That might be enough for me at this stage in the season to take a shot with Sacred Heart minus the six. But again, we'll see what the line is in the morning. Auburn at UK. I got Kentucky as six point favorites here in the big CBS afternoon game. And the line is six. And so, you know, not a ton of value necessarily, but I think this is a good sort of revenge spot here for Kentucky. Um, I, you know, we've been higher than the market on Kentucky for basically the last month or so, so no real s reason to sort of slow down here, and this is certainly the toughest game um, geographically, so to speaking, that Auburn uh, basically has had all year, right? It seems like a lot of their tougher games have come at home, and, you know, obviously this is kind of the cream of the crop here for the SEC, and not a game that Auburn necessarily needs. And like we said, you know, Kentucky had the lead for much of that game about a month ago uh, at Auburn. So we're going to take UK minus six, even though there's not a ton of line value. Uh, in the sort of four o'clock range, we got Western Carolina at East Tennessee State. Our boys from the East Tennessee State. Uh, I made them seven and a half point favorites here. Western Carolina can play a little bit. They're not in that f top four zone in the SOCON, but they do give teams trouble. And at 11 points here, I think that's too many for an East Tennessee State team here that sort of, you know, they get, they've they had a couple of spots here where they get up against the tougher teams and the teams that they've kind of had circled on the calendar and revenge spots and sort of, you know, the teams they need to beat to win their conference. Uh, and of course, they certainly need a win here, but I don't know that they need to do so by more than the 11 that Western Carolina are getting. Portland at Santa Clara. You know we don't trust Santa Clara, and we certainly don't trust Portland. Uh, that said, there is a couple of points value here, I think, on Santa Clara, as I have them at 13-point favorites. Again, though, my Santa Clara numbers always seem to kind of chew out like two points higher than I'd like, um, you know, sort of goading me into a uh, bet on them, and we've sort of avoided it as best we could this season. We'll continue to do so. Southern Illinois is at Missouri State in the Missouri Valley Conference. You know, we've been on, we've been high on this Missouri State team, and at two and a half point, I thought they'd be sort of two and a half, three point favorites here, and they're six point favorites, which to me I think is too high. Um, you know, we sort of, again, prefer them in the underdog role or sort of just needing to win, but to sort of cover an amount here that is, you know, more than just a couple of points. Uh, seems a bit aggressive so we'll take southern illinois here plus the six unc at syracuse i made syracuse a one and a half point favorite they're five and a half point favorites again north carolina for all their warts and the bad record you know played a ton of close games and i think this is easily could very well be another one and you know that win against nc state you know got roy dancing in the in the dressing room and it's just you know 
he's all fired up and you know it's really sort of sad to see in a way but at least they're kind of they're not quitting and they have you know a mentality where they know that you know again they can still salvage their season and they're not going to necessarily do it against Syracuse like we've talked about they're going to do it in the ACC tournament if they're going to do it but again I think they ride a little momentum here and I think they have just enough guys who can make shots uh, you know they might have to use some of their guys that are quote unquote bench players in order to do so but I also think that they'll be able to break down the zone better than most, whether it's Cole Anthony getting into the zone and making some plays or one of a couple of different guys on UNC getting into the top of the key and distributing and turning and going to the basket. And I think from an offensive rebounding standpoint, of course, that's North Carolina's bread and butter. And when you're you know, using the zone the way Cuse does, you're not going to you know, defensive rebound the way you'd like. So I think there's some advantages there for North Carolina, and I wouldn't be shocked to see them win that game outright. Elsewhere in the ACC, Notre Dame is at Wake. This is a tough one. I made Wake like a four-point favorite here, but that's just based on how well Wake has been playing lately. Of course, this is just an absolute you know, red alert letdown spot for Wake. So I would have loved to get a few points here with Notre Dame, but the line came out to pick them. So what the sports books are telling you is, listen, we know this is a letdown spot for Wake, but we also know that Notre Dame isn't any good either. And so you're just going to have to either go with the letdown spot and not get any extra points in doing so, you know, or you're going to have to bet against the letdown spot. So I'm just going to pass on this game entirely because there's no value either way for me. I mean, I guess technically there's value on Wake, but again, we don't know what to get. They were practically, I mean, they were in tears after beating Duke the other night. So, you know, I'm not going to jump on a team that was crying on the court <laughs> at the end of their last game. Uh, elsewhere, we got in the extra games uh, board here, Coppin and Morgan State. I made Morgan State a three-point favorite. They're six-point favorites here. So that'll have me looking at Coppin State when that game gets opened up in the extra games. Uh, tomorrow morning, Iowa State at Oklahoma State. I have this number at five and a half. The number is six and a half. So I think, I mean, technically, I'm going against my numbers here by taking Oklahoma State. But I think this is just a spot where, you know, as we've seen recently, Oklahoma State playing much better at home. You know, underline, double underline, under under at home. And Iowa State has yet to win a road game all season, and they are just sort of phoning it in. I think the rest of the way here. Uh, so we'll take Oklahoma State in the blowout spot there. James Madison at Hofstra. I have Hofstra 13-point favorites. They're 13 and a half, so nothing for me there. Gardner-Webb at Radford is a play in the extra games board for me, I think. I think I'm going to play Radford minus six. Uh, my numbers have it at eight, uh, and I was impressed with what I saw with Radford the other night watching them play Hampton. Um, bit of a bounce back, even though they did win the game, sort of getting home and I think against sort of a not a great Gardner-Webb team. I think this is a spot where Radford, um, you know, can flex it a little bit and uh, and cover that number. Drexel at College of Charleston. I, has, I have it as eight and a half. Number's eight. No play for me there. George Washington at VCU. I have VCU as 11-point favorites. They are 13-point favorites. That's not enough to get me on George Washington. Northern Illinois at Western Michigan. I made Western Michigan a small favorite. They're a small underdog. No play for me there. Uh, UN, UNCC here, North Carolina Central. Uh, is on the road at South Carolina State. And I think this is one that reminds me of the Southern game uh, last week. I know it's a relatively obscure reference to a podcast, or uh, not even a podcast, I believe this was just on Twitter. But North Carolina State, sorry, North Carolina Central against South Carolina State. I have this number in like the high single digits at like an eight or a nine, and it's only one and a half. And I'm not going to let that spook me the way it did in the exact same situation with Southern last week. Uh, so I'll be on uh, UNC Central minus the one and a half here on the road and dare South Carolina State to beat me. Uh, FDU at Mount St. Mary's, Fairleigh Dickinson. Uh, we had a push with them the other day. Uh, I made the number one here. It's three and a half for Mount St. Mary's, so not really a play for me here as I don't really want fairly dickinson on the road uh charleston southern at presbyterian i made presbyterian a three-point favorite they're a one-point favorite so that certainly makes presbyterian a little bit interesting 
uh, Air Force at Colorado State. Uh, I've got Colorado State as 10-point favorites. They're 10.5-point favorites, so no play for me there. Furman, I made just over a double-digit favorite here against Citadel. Uh, you'll recall we were on Citadel against East Tennessee State at about the same number of 20, which is what the line is here for Furman. Furman's firmly capable of hitting a bunch of threes here and covering that number. But, you know, I think I would play that Citadel number again uh, against East Tennessee State, as I think they would, they sh probably should have covered that game, and would do so the vast majority of the time. And I don't know that Furman is worth necessarily the 20 points. We'll see where that line ends up, though, tomorrow morning. Uh, Oklahoma at West Virginia, real revenge spot here for West Virginia. They play much better at home. I made the number eight. It is eight. Of course, Oklahoma coming off the big win against Texas Tech. Uh, just. So not enough for me to play Oklahoma here. I would lean West Virginia, but that, of course, means betting on West Virginia, which, again, if you've been following along over the last few weeks, is not a thing that we're all that pumped up to do. Uh, New Orleans at Nichols on the extra game board. Uh, Nichols, I had 6.5-point favorites. They're 9.5-point favorites, so I would be leaning to New Orleans. That said, we've liked this Nichols State team all season long, so I don't really want to fade them here. A uh, game that I want absolutely no part of, Delaware State at Maryland Eastern Shore. I made Maryland Eastern Shore a 1.5-point favorite because I felt like they had to be favored. They are 5-point favorites, which means you're either laying 5 with <laughs> Maryland Eastern Shore or you're betting on Delaware State. Neither of those things are overly appetizing. Elon at William & Mary. I have William & Mary's 9.5-point favorites. They're 7.5-point favorites here. I think there's a spot where Western, Western William & Mary can roll, uh, so I'll take them minus the 7.5. Uh, Oakland at UIC. No play for me here. I made U UIC 1.5-point favorites. They're 3.5-point favorites. Oakland, you know, not a great team necessarily on the road, um, so I would probably need a few more points in order to get excited about them. Of course, UIC, not a great team at all, so don't trust them giving any points, certainly not three and a half. Wofford at Mercer, I made Mercer one-point one favorites. They're two-point favorites, so no play for me there. Uh, Coastal Carolina at App State, I have App four, it's at four and a half, no play. UNCG, I made two and a half point favorites over Chattanooga, no play for me there. Uh, I made Hampton a three point favorite, they are five point favorites. Um, you know, impressed with Hampton's ability to score, they have two guys who just absolutely fill it up. Um, but at the same time, you know, they're not playing a ton of defense either. So, you know, South Carolina Upstate can show some scrappiness, but uh, not enough uh, of, a, of a difference between lines here for me to get all that excited about it. And, you know, Hampton came close, but not quite against Radford. Expended a lot of energy kind of coming back in that game. One of their top two players, you know, had four fouls in the first half, which you always sort of have to wonder how that could even happen. Um, so no play in that game. Uh, North Dakota at South Dakota. I have South Dakota as four-point favorites here. Number seven, and I think UND is a bit scrappy, so I think seven points is enough to get me to fire on North Dakota here. Uh, UCA, Central Arkansas at Abilene Christian. I have that at eight and a half. It's nine. No play for me there. Asheville at Campbell. Campbell's, I made a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't know how you make them higher than that. That said, it's Campbell minus five, so I may have to play Asheville plus the five. We'll see what happens with the extra board coming out tomorrow. UNLV at San Jose State, and sweet Lord of mercy, we have to bet on San Jose. I shouldn't say we have to, but there's certainly some value on San Jose State here. I made the number seven on the road for UNLV. The number is 10, which means obviously there's three points of value. And coming off of, you know, what I believe was senior night for UNLV, if I'm not mistaken, and of course the upset. So, you know, we tried to fade UNLV uh, on, what was it, Tuesday after the win at San Diego State, and that didn't work out at all as they handled Boise State quite easily. And But this one is certainly the sleepiest of spots going to San Jose State, you know, just a god-awful team, admittedly. But getting 10 points here is, uh, there's certainly some value. Uh, Lehigh at Loyola, Maryland, our Thelma and Louise team, the Loyola, Maryland Greyhounds. Are we still on the Greyhound bus? Not really. <laughs> uh, obviously, injury to their best player 10 minutes in, that was an issue. But they still played hard and still almost won that game uh, on Wednesday night. So, you know, I can see why they're still five and a half point favorites, which is the number that I made it. Uh, got to basically check the injury report to see if, you know, they're going to be at least healthy. If they're not, you know, you then have to decide whether they are capable 
uh, with Valdama being the sort of focal point, which they might very, you know, they very well might be. He's still going to be the best player on the court. So, you know, we'll sort of wait and see on that one. Uh, Southeast Missouri at UTM. Give me Southeast Missouri here. Scrappy effort for them against Eastern Illinois. And UTM, I think, is just an absolute dumpster fire here, as as we've called them, the worst of the three Tennessees in the Ohio Valley. Uh, Omaha is on the road at North Dakota State, and this has sort of sleepy letdown spot for North Dakota State written all over it, as they just had a slugfest with South Dakota State, their arch rival. And they're giving nine and nine and a half points. It's nine even uh, right now. I made the number seven and a half, so not necessarily a ton of value, but I would be in. I would still bet uh, Omaha at seven and a half. Uh, Northwestern State at Southeast Louisiana. Give me South Louisiana here plus the one. I made them slight favorites, but I think this is one of those spots that we've talked about where it's like you're looking at the calendar, you're going, how do we get a win here late in the season? And a home game against Northwestern State, I think, is exactly what the doctor ordered for the Lions. They get a win here and uh, and cover the one. VMI at Stanford. Uh, strong lean to VMI here as, uh, you know, Stanford as a pick at any in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't sound like it's a good idea. Uh, UVM at Mallow. I made them 9. UVM is 11-point favorites, so I'd probably have to lean to U, uh, UMass Lowell here at plus 11. Uh, might be worth a play, especially if that number ticks up at all when it's open. Lamar at uh, Stephen F. Austin. No play for me there. Uh, as I've got 11.5 for Stephen F. Austin, the number is 12. BYU at Pepperdine in the spot of the year potentially BYU was in as 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 much of a party mode as uh Mormons get to they were rocking and rolling uh with the win last week against Gonzaga and now in just a completely meaningless game they have to go on the road to Pepperdine and you expect them to cover eight points now I made the number nine so again I'm not getting necessarily full value um, but this is all spot all the time here. If BYU goes on the road and handles their business in a, just a completely meaningless game, they could lose this game, they could lose their first game of the tournament, and they'd still make the NCAA tournament at this point. So Pepperdine, big play for us there. UNI at Drake. I think this is a spot where Drake can get the home upset. And we're getting four and a half points. I made the line three and a half, so not necessarily a ton of value. But again, I think Drake can win this game outright, so I'll be on them there. Duke, we're going to buy low on Duke. It's a thing, and it's happening. We are getting some value with Duke. Everybody has been selling Duke all week long. It's a rare spot in college basketball where you can hear all the noise from the media. You know, media doesn't talk a ton about college basketball. And when they do, they're very rarely just completely selling a team. and especially a team that is as talented as Duke. And Virginia certainly doesn't scare us. It doesn't scare Duke, as Duke has been fine going against that defense the last couple of years. Uh, they, Virginia doesn't have a big man that can get Vernon Carey in foul trouble from an offensive standpoint. We've seen Virginia's offense. It's a horror show. Uh, even the best defenses in the country, Duke can put up 70 points on. And if you're scoring 70 points in a game against Virginia, and you're not playing five overtimes, you're going to cover this number. So we're going to take Duke minus the four here and grab it early because I think that number comes up. Montana State at Northern Arizona here. Uh, I've got Northern Arizona six and a half point favorites. They're only five point favorites, probably a letdown spot after the sort of flukish win uh, against Montana, though Montana State got absolutely destroyed a couple nights ago when we were on them in a similar spot, plus five. Uh, Penn and Brown, no line for that game as they play tonight. Arkansas at Georgia. This is one where I'm going to go against my numbers because my numbers have Georgia by three, three and a half. And the number is Georgia minus one. But I think we are back on the Arkansas train here as since the return of Isaiah Joe, I think they now have sort of a renewed push to try to make the tournament. And of course, a win here would be critical. And there's no real matchup issues with Georgia. And this one could be a real up and down affair. I don't have the total in front of me, but I imagine it is quite high as this could be a track meet. UCF at Tulsa is not a play that I want to be involved in. Tulsa, I made six-point favorites. It's seven-point favorites. Harvard and Cornell doesn't have a line. Utah is on the road. That means we're fading them. That said, Cal... Can they put together two straight good games? I made them three-and-a-half-point favorites, and they are only one-point favorites, so we just need Cal to win that second straight game. 
Can they do it? I mean, they certainly looked impressive against Colorado. UMass at Richmond, I have 10.5 points. It's 12 points for Richmond. No play for me there. Uh, Alabama State, Prairie View, I have Prairie View 11-point favorites. It's 12-point favorites. No play for me there. Similar story with Corpus Christi. I have them 8.5-point favorites. They are 10-point favorites over Incarnate Word. DePaul and Butler is a little bit interesting. Butler, I have 8-point favorites. They're 7.5-point favorites. And as much as I love to keep the, the fade DePaul train going here, I don't want to be in a spot where Kamal Baldwin is injured again. Now, he's expected to play, but if he goes out at any point in any game for Butler, it is an automatic fade situation, even against a team as sort of just absolutely in the dumps as DePaul is. So I'm going to avoid that uh, as best I can. Uh, if I can give that a look and he looks healthy and there doesn't seem to be an issue, then maybe there's a live play in there, but, you know, I doubt it. Uh, we talked about the Southern play from last week and how it uh, looked like a game earlier in uh, on the board. Well, there's a Southern game that looks a lot like the Southern game. <laughs> and it's Southern minus two and a half was the line that I made for Alcorn State. Uh, they are only one and a half point favorites. Might be worth a play for me with Southern. That being said, it's not like I have them nine and a half point favorites like I did last week in a game that they were only one and a half point favorites and, of course, won by a million. Howard at Norfolk State. I have Norfolk State as nine and a half point favorites. They're 14 and a half point favorites. So we might have to swallow it here and take Howard plus the 14 and a half. Arkansas Pine Bluff and Grambling. I have Grambling eight point favorites. They're 10 point favorites, so no play for me there. Jackson State. I made 10 point favorites uh, against a Missouri Valley State team that I got to tell you hasn't stunk it up that much lately and so with getting 16 and a half points is a thing that I think we're going to have to take uh, against Jackson State. Uh, George Mason at Duquesne. Uh, George Mason is a team that's sort of flying under the radar just covered a game at home against Dayton. Uh, they're going on the road against Duquesne here. I made the line four and a half for Duquesne. Duquesne's an eight-point favorite, so we might be on the George Mason train here. Stony Brook at Albany. Albany is, I've got two and a half point favorites. Stony Brook is the road two-point favorite. My numbers may be a little bit high on Albany, um, you know, but we may have to take them here as a home dog. Princeton and Yale, no line for that game as that game is being played right now. Uh, not that game, but both teams uh, played Play tonight. Uh, Moorhead at Eastern Kentucky. I've got Eastern Kentucky as five and a half point favorites. They are five point favorites. No play for me. South Alabama. I have 11 point favorites. They're 11 and a half point favorites against Troy. So no play for me there. Delaware. I have three point favorites. They are three point favorites. No play for me there. Fresno. I have nine and a half point favorites. They are 10 point favorites. No play for me there. And Dartmouth and Columbia uh, doesn't have a line yet, though I do have Columbia minus three on my board. San Francisco at Loyola Marymount. Uh, I made the number seven and a half. San Francisco is only five and a half point favorites. So we may be looking at a San Francisco play uh, in that spot. They, of course, um, you know, coming off of the big win uh, against Portland, I believe it was earlier this week. Uh, though they didn't cover, maybe that adjusts the number down a little bit more. Uh, most interesting point spread by far of the entire day, Michigan State at Maryland. I made Maryland five and a half point favorites here. They just beat Michigan State a couple weeks ago at Michigan State. This Michigan State team can't cover a game to save their life. The number is Maryland minus two and a half. That's got some, you know, they say there's no such thing as a trap game. And, you know, a lot of times that's true because you go into the, you know, ratings and the metrics and a lot of the times those numbers are legitimized there. But Michigan State is not much more, you know, not rated much higher in Ken Palm than Maryland is here. So, you know, essentially you're saying, you know, if Michigan State, for example, is at 22.36 for uh, on Ken Palm. Maryland is at 22.16. That's next to nothing, right? That's a pick'em game on neutral. So you're saying two and a half points is all you're getting for home court advantage from Maryland here with game day there? The place is going to be rocking. Now, we know full well that Maryland has a tendency to come out slow early, but that's primarily on the road against pretty decent, you know, middle-of-the-ground middle of the middle of the you know road uh big 10 teams so why is this just two and a half 
are we getting suckered into all taking Maryland? I think we might be. So, you know, you have to pull the trigger. It's a three-point value on a team that you were already leaning to playing anyway. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens and how it's coughed up. But I just know that this market has been super high on Michigan State, and people are still, like, just drinking the absolute Kool-Aid, and it kind of doesn't really matter what Michigan State does. But, you know, we'll see what happens, and we'll go down swinging with that. Um, elsewhere, ACC, Miami at Georgia Tech. I got Georgia Tech as three-and-a-half-point favorites. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, not necessarily dying to bet Miami here, so I don't. So I'll probably pass. Uh, Memphis, uh, I made five-and-a-half-point favorites on the road to Tulane. It's a five-point game, uh, so no play for me there. Youngstown State at Milwaukee. I made Milwaukee four-and-a-half-point favorites. Milwaukee's a two-point favorite. That might be enough to get me on Milwaukee, to be completely honest with you, as I think it's a good spot for them. McNeese at Hugh Baptist. Uh, McNeese, I made six-point favorites. They're five-point favorites. No play for me there. Arizona State and USC. doesn't really matter what the point spread is because all you do is watch the first half of an Arizona State game and then bet the opposite of what happened in the first half to happen in the second half. That said, the line is uh, USC minus three, just USC minus three here, uh, coming off the big win uh, against Arizona, sort of daring USC to come come up come up and pull off two straight wins against uh, better teams. Um, my number was five for the record for USC, but like I said, the only play I would make would be a halftime bet either for or against uh, Arizona State, depending on what they look like in the first half, and just go in the opposite way. Uh, TRGV, Rio Grande Valley at uh, Grand Canyon. I've got Grand Canyon four and a half point favorites. They're four point favorites. No play for me there. I think we got to play, go back to the well here with Long Beach State. Uh, I have them as slight underdogs. They're getting nine points at Cal Davis. Uh, I think that's more than enough to make a bet there. IPFW at Oral Roberts. I made it 10. It's 10. Uh, Texas uh, Texas, I do it every time. Ten Tennessee Tech, even though I know it's sitting right there, I still say Texas Tech. Tennessee Tech at Jacksonville State. Again, this is Tennessee Tech team, I think, is coming on down the stretch here. Uh, a little bit undervalued, a team that we want to play when we're getting points, and we're certainly getting points here with a lackluster Jacksonville State team. I made this number only three and a half, in part knowing that we were going to be betting on t- Tennessee Tech. Almost did it again. Uh, Jacksonville State is seven and a half point favorites. We're going to take Tennessee Tech plus the seven and a half. Cleveland at Green Bay. I made Green Bay nine point favorite. They're eight and a half point favorites. No play for me there. Uh, sort of an interesting game in the Ohio Valley with sort of the second and third best teams, in my opinion. Austin P at Murray State. I made the number five and a half. It's three and a half. Not a ton there for me, as I don't necessarily want to bet Murray State, um, and not enough points there for me to bet Austin P. Um, if the well, I shouldn't say if the BYU spot is the spot of the year. This is the second spot of the year. It's not really the case, but we talked about it earlier this week with San Diego State. We're betting on Nevada kind of no matter what the number is here. I made the number four and a half as sort of sort of setting a bridge to sort of what I was that comfortable with. It's San Diego State minus five and a half. We're going to take Nevada plus the five and a half. We're going to take them on the money line. We're going to slap them together with a few other teams and do a round robin money line play. We'll talk about that uh, on Twitter tomorrow. Sort of basically what you do is you pick five money line plays, uh, you throw them together and try to get, well, you try to get all of them, but you do them five by three, so three at a time, three three underdog money lines and five teams with the three by five money line parlay. Not a great explanation, admittedly, right there, but it's kind of a tough thing to uh, to describe. Uh, Chicago State at UMKC. Unfortunately, we can't fade Chicago State as I made the number 18. It's 20 and a half standard. We're just, people are just jacking numbers up here because Chicago State is so, so bad. UMKC probably puts up 100 and wins by 30, but just can't pull the trigger. Alabama and A&M at Texas Southern. I made the number nine and a half. It's 10 for Texas Southern. No play for me there. South Carolina is on the road. So we got a red light flashing right there or a green light flashing. Some sort of light is flashing, basically. Uh, I made the number five and a half for Bama. It's five and a half, but that's still plenty for me to take South Carolina on the road here. 
as Bama just continues to be banged up. Uh, don't know if Petty is playing, but that injury looked a little rough for him at Mississippi State earlier this week. Belmont at Tennessee State, and I was for all the world ready to bet on Tennessee State here as a home underdog. I made the number 9.5 for Belmont, hoping that we could get that or even higher, and it's 8.5 for Belmont, so no play. If the number ticks up, then I will hop on that. I promise you but at eight and a half i just can't do it eastern washington at northern colorado and sort of a quasi battle for the top of the big sky here i'm going to take the points with eastern washington my number was six and a half for noco it's seven um so not a ton of value but i think eastern washington uh you know this is their sort of time of year that's a program that i trust in the big sky idaho at speaking of alarms idaho our boys from idaho who either get blown out or win games outright are on the road at southern utah i made the number nine and a half it's eleven and a half and we are betting idaho plus the eleven and a half and who's going to have the balls to bet on idaho money line who's going to do it who out there is going to do it if you do it i want you to tweet me emros authentic only tweet me before the game don't do it after the fact don't do it after they get blown out by 20. Uh, Portland State at Weber. I made Weber actually a pretty significant favorite against Portland State. Wouldn't be the case if it was at Portland State, but it's at Weber. Uh, Weber, I was pronouncing it like it's Chris. Um, I've got them as significant favorites here in the sort of five, six, seven range. And Weber's a pick'em, so we're gonna be at, we're gonna be all over Weber here uh, at a pick. Uh, Pacific at USD, I don't understand this line at all. Pacific, I made a six and a half point favorite. They were a three point favorite at Loyola Marymount, and now they're just a four point, and they covered, and now they're just a four point favorite at San Diego. Well, San Diego is worse than Loyola Marymount, I'm here to tell you that. And so, you know, while we weren't psyched with how Pacific ended that game with just complete frantic dribbling to avoid getting fouled, like getting fouled is the worst thing in the world, um, we're going to still try it back with Pacific minus four on the road at USD. UCSB at Irvine. Irvine clinched the Big West. It was handshakes and hand pounds all around last night. Uh, quick turnaround against a pretty decent UCSB team here. I made the number seven and a half. It's six and a half, but I'm still going to... Not that I'm going, yeah, I guess I'm going against my numbers here, but I just think the spot uh, is the key as well. So we're going to take UCSB plus the six and a half to keep it close in that one in a game that UCI shouldn't care too much about. St. Mary's at Gonzaga. I made the number 13. It's 13. There's a lot of people who have bigger balls than me out there who are betting St. Mary's on this and all the power to them, but I'm staying away. Uh, I will be all over Utah State. This is a team that we are going to hammer down the stretch. Uh, they are 7.5-point road favorites, and while we don't like to lay that many points on the road very often, it's against a New Mexico team here that I think has absolutely tanked it in. There's nobody going to the pit, so I don't factor that too much with regards to a home court advantage, and I think the market hasn't necessarily noticed that Utah State is cooking right now and will be an issue in the Mountain West. That's our Mountain West champion. I can tell you that already. Arizona at UCLA. I made the number three and a half. The number's three and a half. But you know what? I think we're betting UCLA here. Let's just keep this thing going. Why not? It's worth a unit just to see if they can, you know, get Arizona again and maybe lock up or all but lock up a spot in the tournament. I mean, two wins over Arizona and this the way they're finishing this season should be good enough. New Mexico State is at Cal State Bakersfield. We got a big win with New Mexico State at Grand Canyon. I don't necessarily have the same sort of historical feel for New Mexico State at Cal State Bakersfield as I do with Grand Canyon. New Mexico State minus eight is the number I made it. It's seven. So yeah, I would lean to New Mexico State here, but that does sort of feel like, you know, going a little overboard here on the road with New Mexico State. Cal State Fullerton is at Cal State Northridge. I made the number six, the number's five. I'll pull the trigger here with Cal State Northridge. That's a talented team that, uh, you know, is coming on strong here. And Cal State Fullerton is sort of the opposite of that. Really disappointing year for them. Seattle at Cal Baptist. I made this Cal Baptist minus two and a half. It's five. I think I'll take a shot with Seattle plus some points there. There's no reason why Seattle can't win that game outright, to be honest with you. Montana at Cal Sacramento State. Uh, I made Montana a pretty significant favorite here in Cal uh, Sacramento State. Uh, CSUS here is actually a one and a half point favorite, and I don't really understand that. So 
we'll take our shot here with Montana plus one and a half. And I should mention that all these numbers at this point on a Friday are called from the Action Network app. And, you know, it's a really good app, but at the same time, it does have a tendency to have, you know, the occasional typo. So if some of these numbers are off and I'm wondering about them, that's probably why. Um, but we'll see, and maybe the numbers are just flat out off. Sometimes that's the case, especially relative to sort of my ratings and, and where I have some of these numbers. Uh, at any rate, um, that's it for the quote-unquote emergency Friday night podcast for the last Saturday in February, February 29th. It's fake February at this point. Uh, and then we're into March. So yeah, plan for the rest of the weekend here is I'll put everything that I've bet on Twitter, at Authentic. You know, you should have a pretty good idea based on the last hour of this conversation. And uh, yeah, and then so when we come back, I'll just quickly run down my numbers for Sunday. We'll see sort of where those numbers pop up on Saturday. But follow along on Twitter for the plays on Saturday. We'll have just an absolute ton of them. It's that time of year. And uh, let's hope for the best. Let's have a big Saturday. But uh, at any rate, we're going to do a quick message here. And then, uh, and then it's Sunday talk. It'll be really quick, and then we'll get you on your way uh, for Saturday. It's going to be a fun day. Do you run your own company or promote your business through Instagram, Facebook, or other social media platforms? Are you struggling to grow your following or build your brand? Posting simple pictures, inspirational quotes, or amateur selfie videos don't really do the trick anymore. Studies show that 82% of people simply scroll by videos that don't have any subtitles, and the remaining 18% usually don't stay for long if your content isn't stimulating or entertaining. Contact Hundo P Productions to help you boost your brand and get to the next level of video marketing. Reach them at www.hundopproductions.com or at hundopprod on Instagram. Don't just post, inspire. Okay, let's speed through Sunday's numbers. Here we go. Handful of games here. Got what, 15, 16, something along those lines. Uh, Creighton at St. John's. I got Creighton as six-point favorites. South Florida at Temple. I made Temple two-and-a-half-point favorites. Cincinnati at Houston. I got Houston minus the five here, though I would probably lean to Cincinnati. Uh, Indiana is at Illinois. Uh, Indiana can't look much worse than they did at Purdue, so kind of expect a bit of a bounce back there. That being said, my numbers, Illinois minus five-and-a-half if it's larger than that, definitely would lean to Indiana. Manhattan at Monmouth. I made the number Monmouth two and a half here. I don't know what to make of the Metro at this point. Don't really want anything to do with it. Xavier at Georgetown. I got Xavier as two and a half point favorites like we've talked about. I think Georgetown is pretty much toast for this season. Uh, speaking back of the Metro again, Marist at Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac, I believe, just pulled off a big win tonight, which of course they did. If uh, if we've been betting on them for basically the last month, and now they've actually finally got an upset win, uh, I made that number four and a half for Quinnipiac. St. Louis at URI is a really interesting game in the A10. I've got Rhode Island as three and a half point favorites. Uh, Ryder at Fairfield. I have Ryder as three point favorites at Fairfield. Towson at Northeastern. I got Northeastern as a five and a half point favorite. Wichita State at SMU. I have SMU as two and a half point favorite and would be quite interested at SM on SMU uh, at that price or better. Uh, Michigan at Ohio State, uh, starring our boy Jeff Jackson. If you've been following along on the uh, Wolverines sort of gossip and barstool and all of that sort of thing, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, that should go really well for him at Ohio State. So I would definitely lean Ohio State if the number is four and a half, which is sort of what my projection has it at. Uh, definitely liking Ohio State uh, the more Jeff Jackson gets involved. Northwestern at Nebraska. Nebraska, and this is, I mean, look at this game. This is the game we've all been waiting for, folks. Northwestern at Nebraska. Sweet Lord. I've got Nebraska as three and a half point favorites. I guess. I, I don't know. 
<laughs> you know, are, are we really laying points in Nebraska? Sure. Uh, Colorado at Stanford. I've got Colorado as two and a half point favorites. If they've got any heart whatsoever, they should be able to, I shouldn't say should be able to, you'd like them to see them put up a fight on the road here. That said, Stanford's a good basketball team. And if that number is any higher than two and a half, I think you got to pull the trigger with Stanford and dare Colorado to sort of, you know, clean up their act. Uh, an odd ACC game featuring sort of a top team. Normally you're getting like a Georgia Tech game in this spot, but Virginia Tech is at Louisville on Sunday night. And I've got that number as nine and a half for Louisville. That's probably a little short, to be completely honest with you. I think that is a prime Louisville blowout spot. They have been lingering with the taste of that Florida State game all week. And, you know, you don't often go six full days without playing a game in college basketball. And when you do, after blowing one the way they did at Florida State, you are going to be angry. If this thing is anywhere near nine and a half points, I am going to be drilling Louisville as I expect them to drill the Virginia Tech Hokies. Minnesota is at Wisconsin in the Big Ten nightcap there. Can Minnesota going to pick up the pieces after that debacle the other night? And, you know, Wisconsin coming home after a big win. They're just playing really good basketball. I've got the number at six. And to be honest with you, that might be low. If it's not, I'll lay those points with Wisconsin. So, you know, shapes up where there's a bunch of different favorites here that I like. SMU, Ohio State, Louisville, Wisconsin. Could be laying a few points here uh, on Sunday. Um, But again, sort of maybe taking a few points uh, earlier in the day. So those are my numbers. And of course, my actual plays will be, you know, sent out on Sunday morning on Twitter, once we get all the lines and everything cooked up. Uh, as for that, as for me, you won't uh, hear my voice again until Monday. And at that point, we are going to be in conference tournament contest mode. It is going to be fun. We're going to do a bunch of wacky stuff, have some wild, I didn't say wild, but have some guests during the week. Uh, My partner in crime with regards to the conference tournament pool. Again, if you didn't hear the Friday podcast, the end of it, we sort of talked about different conference uh, conference, the conference tournament pool that we're in, uh, different NCAA March Madness pool and that kind of thing. It was kind of a fun way to finish uh, off the podcast. But if you're interested in doing any of those sorts of things, again, catch on, catch me on Twitter, Amros Authentic. I've already retweeted uh, the conference tournament contest that I'm in. Um, and if you have any questions about anything else, hit me up. That's what it's there for. This is a community that we're sort of you know, trying to build here. It's a happy place. It's the happy corner of uh, gambling, uh, Twitter, and the you know, social gambling and sports betting and whatnot. So we're just trying to have a good time here. Hope for the best. Let's have some success this weekend. Let's win some serious units. And uh, you know, and if we don't, we'll commiserate on Monday. But hopefully, it's a celebratory Monday. And uh, we all get to pat ourselves on the back all too briefly because things are about to get serious next week, people. Serious. And I'm pumped up about it. So that's it for me. Uh, I'll meet you at the window.